Did you go to the Taylor Swift concert? Yes, I, I went to the Taylor Swift <laughs> I concert. And I, I, uh, I went with my daughter and my wife and some people from our church. Yeah. It was fabulous. Were you like so far away that she was like a tiny little dot? Or no. No, we could see her really well. In fact, you can see the little I bracelet saw, yeah. that I'm wearing Did right now. Did Katie make it? She made it. Yeah, Aww. my daughter Katie made it. And uh, we're Swifties together. I'm sitting down today with Mike Adkins, senior pastor of Grace Church in Orlando, Florida, and we're talking about the three biggest decisions you'll ever make in your life and what to do if you mess one of them up. What if you marry the wrong person? Is there such a thing as soulmates? And most importantly, will Pastor Mike pick Barbie or Oppenheimer? We're talking big decisions today. I'm Jean Harrison, and this is Grace After Hours. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for coming on with me. What do you think of the stu- the space? I think it's amazing. I'm so <laughs> glad you painted it, etching and decorated it. Yeah, it's it's all incredible. Me. You like it? This is I my do. I'm just kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> this is really Felix. This is our video team who did this. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got nothing good to say about that. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, Mike, recently we put a reel out that got a ton of views. It was about yep. the three most important decisions you'll ever make in your life. Yeah. I don't know if you realize this, Mike, but it actually is the most engaged with thing we've ever put out by Grace Church. This yep. clip, Mike, you realize is 20 seconds. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous, right? It is the biggest response we've ever had for it anything is. Grace has put out. Three most important decisions that you're ever going to make in your life. Number one, and that's going to be what you do with Jesus. What you do with Jesus will determine the rest of your life. Number two, the person you marry. Attach yourself to the wrong person and it's devastating. Number three, the people that you admit to your inner circle. These are the three most important decisions you're gonna make in your life, right? The people that are around you will often determine how far you will go both in business, in marriage, and in your spiritual life together. So populate the inner circle with people who have your same values, who walk with Jesus. So all you did was say the three most important- Are we important, actually doing this now? The most- <laughs> Are we? we? Oh, we really are. Always rolling. Okay, always rolling. Always rolling. Okay. Right I didn't know we were, I thought you were just like, <laughs> Prepping me here, okay. All part of it. All right, the, go ahead. Okay, so three most important decisions, right? Yep. That you're ever gonna make in your life. Yes. All that response, why do you think this resonated, this message? Well, I, I think there are a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, it was really quick and it was yeah. something people could grab hold of. Mm-hmm. And I think it resonates with everyone. Mm-hmm. It makes sense immediately. I think there were maybe like one or two negative comments, which you can expect no matter what. You know, it's just it's just what it is. And uh, there's always somebody out there being critical and weird. But uh, the first one that we talked about was, uh, the first thing is, what are you gonna do with Jesus? Yep. You know, and, and that question really is, mm-hmm the foundational question of mm-hmm. every person on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you gonna do with God? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your relationship with him gonna be like? You know, because the implications of that are massive. I mean, yeah. if you're going to, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a person who has a marginalized faith, then you're gonna have marginalized power in your life. If you're gonna be a person who has um, a deep faith, then you're gonna have all kinds of different benefits. And what do you, what do you mean by that. marginalized faith? Well, I think there's, I think belief, First of all, a couple of different ways of thinking about mm-hmm. it. Like first, I think belief itself is a powerful force. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, just because I think God created us to be believers. Mm-hmm. Now that means we can believe in all kinds of things. We can believe in the football team that we mm-hmm. love. We can believe in our school. We can believe in our marriage. Sure. We can believe in all kinds of things. So the object of your belief can be anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, we live on a day-to-day basis every day in belief. Like when I got in the um, plane mm-hmm. the other day to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I walked onto that plane believing the pilot knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was risking my life with that kind of belief. So 
for some people, if they don't take belief seriously in their life, then they're going to have a marginalized understanding of their life, hmm. meaning they're not going to risk things. They're not going to be able to trust things because belief is the foundation of how we make tons of decisions in our life. Hmm. It's a non-negotiable, honestly. Hmm. Even if you don't believe in God, belief is still essential. Okay, so the second thing that you said, second biggest decision you're going to make in your life yeah. is who are you going to marry? Is who you're going to marry. Yeah, yeah. T tell me about that. So um, when we look at the Bible, um, the imagery of both Adam and Eve mm -hmm. is one of innocence and beauty and goodness, mm -hmm. basically. And before the fall in Genesis chapter three, we have a couple who are bonded together and created for one another. Mm -hmm. And there is an amazing kind of love between them that is just awesome. There's no everything. There's no fear or worry. Everything she did uh, was for Adam's good. and Everything Adam did sure, was yeah. for her good. It was beautiful. And so I think when we begin with that and not with the fall and how everything broke and all kinds of problems are going mm -hmm. on, we begin to see the ideal for a marriage. And that is we're for each other that we mm -hmm. love each other. And there's nothing like having a full-time cheerleader for your life that goes mm -hmm. with you for through all the good and all the bad. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But when the New Testament rolls around, we see that the two become one. And that's mm -hmm. more than a physical or a sexual union. Mm -hmm. That is an intimacy between the two of them. They're, they're, they're considered one at that point. Mm -hmm. And so when I was talking about this being one of the most important things you can do in sure. your life, if you're going to unite yourself with someone who is not who is one with you, but is not on the same page, that's problematic. Okay, but how do you spot that? Because to me, when you're dating, everyone yeah. seems for each other. Yeah. You're so sweet to yeah, each other. It's wonderful. When you, how did you know that Kelly was the one for you? When you okay, were I'm going to tell you a story, okay. and every <laughs> woman listening to this is going to cringe. Okay, you ready? <laughs> okay, like I'm this ready. is this is it. So um, when we were dating, we had just finished. We had dated for, through my uh, the summer of my junior year all the way through my senior year. And then uh, a of little bit after of the, college, of college. Yeah. yeah, of college. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> this is oh, so bad. Oh, this is so you bad. You ready for the negative comments? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. That lots of <laughs> negative. Bring them on, ladies. Brace yourself. Go okay. Ahead. So here's what happened. Um, one day we're sitting down, and I can sense Kelly's ready to get married, and and she's not pushy or anything, but she's like, "Where are we going? Like, what's mm -hmm. happening?" We were having that DTR, define the relationship sure. conversation, and I was like, "I'm just not sure." And she's like, "What do you need to be sure?" You, you know, said about, that to her. I'm just not yeah, sure. Yeah, I said, I'm not sure about you, you know. And, and it wasn't that I didn't love her, because at this point, I think I really did love her. But I had a super dysfunctional background growing up. And both of my parents, not one, but both of my parents were married three separate times. So when, yeah. I, went, when I was thinking, when I became Christian, then I started thinking about marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to break that pattern in my life. So mm -hmm. the person I marry is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So it was a serious decision to you. It That's was a part of why you're super serious decision. Right. I didn't take it lightly in any way. Right. So... So I was sitting with her and she goes, what's the core issue? And I said, what if after we get married, I find someone better? <laughs> yeah, it was horrifying. All the women are gasping right now. Yeah, it's a terrible thing to say, but here's what's but beautiful. Honest. But it was honest as I could yeah. be, you know, and I'm like, this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of, of committing. <laughs> committing and making that decision and then mm -hmm. regretting it. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was she goes, oh. She goes, is that it? And I was like, wow, okay, Gosh. what kind of woman are you? Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> I, she, like, I know, <laughs> right. That is not the response of most women, I'm sure. They like, slap, right? But uh, but the response was, you know, oh, is that all? Mm. She said, of course that's going to happen. And I was like, what? She goes, Mike, as we get older, there'll be prettier, younger women. And she goes, what you have to decide if you want to be with one person for the rest of your life and you want to break the chains from your past, 
you have to choose your choice. And I was like, choose your choice, say more. And she's like, you have to wake up every single day and choose me. And then you have to wake up the next day and choose me. She said, Mike, this is not just for marriage, but this is for anything great that you're ever going to do in your life. If you're going to endure and persevere and do big things in life, you have to choose your choice. You can't be torn off track. And was that, would you say like the moment that it you was, thought this it is was the woman? A hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. It was life changing for wow. me. I mean, I think about choose your choice and this December will be married 30 years. Wow. And I think about choose my choice all the time. Mm. Whenever something hard happens, I hit a wall mm -hmm. or I just don't want to muster up the necessary grit to go on. Mm. Something inside my head says, choose your choice, Mike. Mm. And it was life changing. Changed the whole world for me. And I made the decision uh, to marry her and we got married that December. How do you feel like choose your choice works with God's will? You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I just do, like God's will moving and changing. How do you reconcile that with choosing like what do you how do you know which are the things you need to dig in and say this is where i'm going to choose my choice versus not yeah so let me let me let me say that i think the way that we go about trying to find god's will most of the time is wrong okay. right um the scripture tells us that our minds have to be transformed in order to be able to know what the good pleasing and perfect will of god is right mm -hmm. and those are not three different types of will not like a cheesy okay will a better will and then the perfect one this is three different ways in which paul describes God's will for your life. And so we have this one will of God for your life. But what does that mean? Like mm -hmm. whenever I was leading a singles ministry that I led when I first started my ministry, mm -hmm. people would always come up to me and say, I want to know how to meet my soulmate. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, yeah. it, the choose your choice feels like it flies in the face of one perfect person yes. out there. Yes. Yeah. And Which I is kind of what you exactly were saying. Right. What if you're not the one and there's somebody else? That's right. Okay, I so had, I had a, a fate mindset. I had a yes, destiny yes. mindset. I had a soulmate mindset. And so whenever they would sit down with me, I'd say, no, 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 that's not how it is. Mm. I could have married six or 10 different girls mm -hmm. that, that I knew, and we could have been great in marriage, each one slightly different because that's a different person. Right. Right. But we still could have been happy. Mm -hmm. And so I think you've got to take a ton of pressure off of yourself when you're trying to think, figure out what God's will is, mm -hmm. because what you have to do is just take a step and make a choice. The Lord will show mm -hmm. you whether or not that is your will or not, his will or not. Mm -hmm. He shows you through the counsel of other people. He right. shows you through the evidence of your choice. And that's a big one for us. Mm. You know, if the evidence of your choice is constantly showing you, like, for example, you choose a guy and you're in this relationship with him. And as that relationship unfolds, you see more and more character defects. You see that he's not mm -hmm. as serious about his faith as he presented when he first came. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag that you run. You don't ignore that. Yeah. You run. That's the Lord speaking. That's him saying, don't be dumb. Because again, once you make that choice, it's really hard biblically to unmake it. That's okay. So then what about that? What if you've chosen your choice, but it gets to like, what if you've messed that area up? Yes. And I'm not just saying like, oh, I'm bored of my husband. I mean, like it's abusive. It's I, I actually I was looking at some of the comments yep. on this reel and like yeah. one of them made, was really sad. Someone actually yes. just answered the questions. And yep. for a second, the second one, they put wrong person. That's right. And. I, I just imagine if I'm listening to this, there's three big decisions I'm going to make. What if I've blown one of them? Yeah. Where's the hope there? What would you yeah. say to that person? Well, I would say, honestly, just as a Christian, mm -hmm. I would say there's always hope for a person to be transformed. Case in point, um, when I first started my ministry, I had the privilege of baptizing uh, this guy who was an anesthesiologist, mm -hmm. and his wife had prayed for him for 30 years. So the first thing I would say is never give up hope that God can change a person's heart. So that's number one. Mm. 
I, I think the other part of that is, and this is another like wise moment for my wife. I think we spend so much time time trying to figure out how to love God when the real challenge for us is to figure out how do we allow God to love us? So you might be in a marriage where things are not good. That doesn't mean your relationship with God becomes bad. It doesn't mean that your relationship with others becomes bad. We have a tendency because it's pain. And what pain does is it narrows our focus down to the thing itself. So instead of seeing my life as being more than just my relationship with my husband or my relationship with my wife, um, I have ministry, I have opportunities, I have friendships, I have meaning and purpose. We just see the one flaw in our life and we major on that one flaw and we make our whole life about that. Mm. So I would say the same thing's true for you know somebody who made a bad choice. Certainly going to have an impact on your life. That's why, that's why I said what I said. It's mm. a super important decision to make. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you're done. It doesn't mean you've been destroyed. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's no hope. There is hope. You're not defined by that one thing, and you're not defined by your pain. That's Even right. though I think we do that, we see it all through that lens. Like, that's the sum total of who I am. That's right. I, mm. I, I think we are rarely defined by one act. Mm. And just to clarify, you, when you said believing God can always change somebody, you're obviously not saying if you're in an abusive situation, you should. No, that's a great point. I mean, yeah. stick it out. But no. I mean, I think that that's where you go to counseling and all that to see a spectrum of do that's I need right. to have hope here? Do I need for safety to, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can we can lay out some some hard, fast rules mm -hmm. for that right now. I mean, we can say if you're in a physical um, altercation with your husband if you're or your wife, or even, your wife. I mean, that's an increasing uh, mm -hmm. category that's happening today as well. But if there's physical violence, then we need that you to separate. Right. I'm not a giant fan, honestly, of separation. Um, you know, I was a counselor before I was a pastor, mm -hmm. and I'm not a giant um, fan of separation for the sake of, of counseling. Oh, yeah. Because here's the here's the challenge. Like when you separate in a con in a conflicted relationship, things get better right away, and so you go, oh gosh. Everything is so much better. Relief immediately. Yeah. Yes. You're like, oh, my wife was the problem. Yeah. And that's really not true mm -hmm. um, because that takes two. Mm -hmm. And so when we do that, we just cut off all of the impetus for us to be able to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, what we see a lot is people leave that relationship, find someone very similar to the one that they just left because that's what they're used mm -hmm. to, and then repeat the pattern over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I think a big piece of that is making sure that we're learning the lessons that we need to learn along the way. Yeah. So what about if I'm someone who's destined to be single? Like I'm listening to this and I'm going three biggest decisions and one of them almost like yeah. it doesn't even apply to me. Let's say yeah. there's nothing, no prospect on the table and right. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be single. Well, how do you, cause I feel like in my mind, the way I would interpret that is very negative or maybe discouraging, sure. but how should I think of that? Like, yeah. how should I, process that? I guess, the, I guess the first thing to think through is, um, you know, is that something you desire? What if um, it is? Because, well, let me, let me hit the, mm -hmm. what if it's not for one second? Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. Sure. Because if it's not something you desire, then I don't think we have to have a social pressure for you to get married. I mean, the apostle Paul basically Definitely. says that some people have the gift of celibacy. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and in fact, in one place, what Paul says is better for you not to marry. And I don't think he's downing marriage. Mm -hmm. I think what he's basically assigning is a priority in your life. If you get married, your focus will be split. You have to provide for your family. You have to be there for your husband. You have to mm -hmm. be there for your wife. And your focus on the gospel will be split, right? That's mm -hmm. That was Paul's urgency. He stayed celibate his whole life. And he was honoring to God and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So what we want to say is people who don't get married are not less or diminished in any way in God's sight or in the church's sight. Yes. They're they're valuable. 
Yes. So, if, but if you are a person who longs to be married and you're not married yet, you use the word destiny. Let's pull that out again. Okay. Let's say there's no such destiny for you. You know, right. it's not like you're destined to be uh, married or not married. It may be that God's timing is different than your expectations. You know, and that is a big thing a lot of times. Well, but what if it's not? What if it doesn't ever come or what? Yeah. Like what if yeah. it's not? I feel like that's a, if I was single, I might feel a pat answer to say like, oh, maybe it's not that it's not in your destiny. It's just not God's time yet. And I feel like I'd be 89 years old on my deathbed and I'd be like, well, darn it, it's never the time. Well, God. Like, maybe she gets married at 90. I don't know. <laughs> That's but right. some people, yeah. well, I guess is what I'm saying, they'll want to get married yeah. and they may not. And right. how, what do you do with that? Right. Is it the same as anything in my, your life that maybe you wanted that God didn't give you? I mean, that's what I think in my mind, maybe. Like if I always wanted a son, for example, right. and I have all daughters, there are certain things in my life that it's okay. God may yeah. never give me and that's yeah. okay. Is that well, how you view it? Pretty yeah, much? I mean, I think I think there's some of that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think, I think we have a tendency to think that this life is going to give us everything that we hope for. And it's not. And, and honestly... The Bible never teaches us that, you know, mm -hmm. the, the God never promises that you're going to have everything in this life that you desire. All he says basically is that, uh, that he will be with us through the struggle and the yeah. trial. So if somebody never receives, mm -hmm. um, the blessing of marriage and they want, and they want it, then I think that's where that would fall into. Mm -hmm. But again, I think there are, I talked, I've talked to a lot of women, both, um, wanted to get married or wanted to have children. And it just wasn't the right time in that situation. Mm. And yeah, I mean, you could certainly get to be the 89 year old person, but God does say he will give us the desires mm. of our heart. So the way I would read that is this. And when he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, he doesn't mean I'll give you everything that you want. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is I'll put desires inside your heart. And so if your desire is to be married, more than likely that is the evidence you will be married mm. someday. That's a very so, hopeful way to view it. I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really do. I've, I've had to wait for things, mm -hmm. uh, for more than a dozen years mm -hmm. at times, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I'm frustrated by that, to be honest with you. And I think it's a valid thing for somebody sure. who's sitting there going, well, you know what? I'm 30. That's nice. But that, that really stinks. All yeah. my friends are married now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm on the outside. That's a valid way of thinking and feeling. Honestly, right. there's nothing wrong with that. I think expressing disappointment to God is not a sin. It's, it's mm. bringing your whole self to God, you know? Mm. And so I think we want to say, um, that while God's timing is not our timing, he calls it the fullness of timing, which is really interesting. That word fullness there means that when everything has lined up exactly as it should, and that's a strange thing for us because it's not lining up exactly how it should mm -hmm. in our time frame. And so one of the things I would say is just take the pressure off of yourself mm -hmm. because sometimes what can happen is we can become so, um, we can become so like hyper-focused on being married that we then become weird in interactions with people. You know, like in other words, in other words, we put a pressure on mm. people around us because we're like, oh, so how, how do you feel about marriage? And the guy's like, dear God, <laughs> we're at Benigan's right now. This is not what I want to have the conversation like, you know, so I think I think uh, I think we can just, you know, take a step back and go, you know what? I'm going to trust God in the situation and realize his time is not mm. my time. And that's not an easy thing yeah. to do. It, it, yeah. It's confident though. I, I like to go back to what Kelly said when what I hear from that is confidence. Yes. She wasn't shaken she by was that. She was confident. And yeah. that's the same thing, single or married. You can yeah. have that like relaxed confidence that's that right. God's got me in. That's right. So okay, the third big decision you said is who am I gonna let into my inner circle? Yes. And I think there was maybe a little bit of pushback 
on this point, which was actually, this reel was part of a bigger sermon. Yes, it was. And that was really the focus. This third point was the focus more of the whole sermon. But some of the pushback was maybe, well, does this feel a little bit picky, choosy? Like, shouldn't I, yes, shouldn't I just love everybody who comes my way? What do you mean, like, pick who's going to be close to me? Yes. Absolutely not. You should not love everybody. That, I mean, you should. That's that's an, that's an unreasonable expectation, you know? To love everybody yeah. that comes across. I mean, the Bible says that we are to love enemies. So it means what? Right. We're going to have enemies. We're going to have people yes. that, you know, we have to act in love. Mm-hmm. Remember that love's an action. It's not okay. a feeling. So we have to do loving things towards people that mm. we don't like. And, and or that are even what the Bible says are our enemies. So, but are you saying you're making a distinction between acting in love and actually loving someone? Like, I'm saying that actually loving someone is acting in love. Okay, yeah. and that is what we're called to do to all yes. people. But yes. as far as like an affection, that's a different thing. right affection. Right. Affection and the act of love are two different things. Yes, okay, they, they can be complementary with one another, or they can be separated from each other right. totally. Like for example. You, you could, you know, you could act in towards love. You could act towards love to somebody who's done something terrible to you, mm-hmm. you know, abusive to you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you have fond feelings towards them. Right. So we can separate those two things and not make them one. Mm-hmm. But what I was talking about that time was curating a group of people around you mm-hmm. who can help you grow into the person God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's just really true is we're not very we're not very particular about the kind of people that we spend time with and the people that we allow to have a voice in our life. Hmm. So I have this statement that I make around here all the time at, hmm. at our at our church and it is everyone needs to listen to someone but hmm. no one should listen to everyone. And I think for some people, they don't have those boundaries. And Mm -hmm. so they just listen to everyone. They make every single person's voice equal in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible idea because not everyone has your heart. They don't have your best intentions. Mm -hmm. They don't have, and we don't, you know, we're not trying to say there are some terrible people and there's some good people. We're saying there are people who are, would be better to help you grow in your relationship with God. Number one, Mm -hmm. they're spiritually mature, Mm -hmm. you know, seeking Mm -hmm. advice from somebody who doesn't share our values uh, isn't a follower of Jesus is going to be a very, very different thing. Mm-hmm. Remember, I said just a little while ago that I was a counselor before mm-hmm. I was a pastor. Well, the outcomes of counseling are super um, dependent upon the worldview of the person. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, mm-hmm. if you go to counseling and you have a therapist who believes in the sanctity of marriage, mm-hmm. that, that, that it's a sacrament, that, that it's not something that is supposed to be disposable, Mm-hmm. That you really do everything you possibly can, not not in word, but in actually in deed. You do everything you can to do what you need to do in order for that marriage to work. You're going to have a different outcome than the person who sees uh, marriage as a um, as a temporary contract. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the things that we see today is that many people are entering into the contract of marriage, mm-hmm. not the covenant of marriage, the contract of marriage in a different way. Like, for example, some people believe that marriage is for a season until it doesn't work. Mm. And then you move on. But how do you really define that gene? Yeah. I mean, marriage doesn't work a lot. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's hard sometimes. Yes. It's difficult sometimes. Yes. And if we give up in those moments, everything falls apart. So mm. depending on the counselor that you go to, you you might have a conflict with your husband and they go, oh, well, this is obvious. I mean, that's your stressor. Get rid mm. of your stressor. Right. Their worldview <clears throat> impacts it a lot. It does. What do you think are warning signs that this is somebody who I should not have? Because like you said, a lot of us just go, you know, willy nilly into yeah. life and we don't think intentionally. Right. What are the signs that someone's unhealthy and yeah. I should not have them in my life? 
I think the first thing that I, that I would just reiterate is, do they have a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. that's growing and thriving? Mm-hmm. Not a perfect person, but somebody who will point you back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. If there's a person out there that is more just kind of like they're driven by their emotions and they'll drive you to your emotions only and not give you thoughtful reflection, I think mm-hmm. that's problematic. I'm driven by my emotions. <laughs> like, I mean, a lot of people. What do you mean by that? You're not. I mean, you are. You're like, I know you well. And I know that you have initial emotional responses to mm-hmm. things, but that you're a thinker behind the scenes. Like, you always come to me or someone else and you'll say, so you'll, we have conversations sometimes yeah. where you'll come and you'll say, I just feel this way. Right. You know? And I'm like, so tell me more about that. And you're like, as you explain it, you're thinking it through, and then we talk about it, and I suggest something, and you go, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, you're you're a – all of us – none of us emote or think alone. Yeah. But we major on one or the other. But are you saying that you need to pick people who major on the thinking, not the feeling? I'm saying you major on someone who has a balance of them well. Not okay. way over here that's right. in the feeling. The danger of somebody who overthinks things is they might tell you the truth, Yeah. but there's no – there's no care in it. Right, okay. So, and you're not talking about just the average people you are friends with. You're talking about the, the most close circle this in is your, your life. your inner circle. Your inner circle. That's you right. want a balance between thinking and feeling. Yep. You want them to walk closely with God. Um, wh- how do you, let's say you have someone who's very unhealthy. Yeah. How do you go about getting them out of your life? If well, you feel like this person <laughs> just, I know. <laughs> are you thinking it's not as hard as I would think it is? <laughs> <laughs> love you. That's great. That's hundred percent true. You, 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 <laughs> you just you want to deal with that different. Sh- okay. Yeah. I, I mean, see, because you're, you more feel to yeah. begin with, it's harder for you to make those ties. I will say that when somebody's in my life and I feel like they're pulling me off track, yes. I just don't have time for that because I so have, you ghost them. Sorry. Is this uh, the pastor yeah, way of saying yeah, I ghost yeah, them? Yeah, no, I don't ghost them. I just, I just, I tell them. I You're just tell them. Upfront. Yeah. I'm just very upfront with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, pretty much everybody in the room probably knows that I'm very straightforward. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I will just say, hey, um, mm. I don't have time to just kind of hang out right now. There are, here, are the, here are the 10 things I've got going on in my life right now that I need to focus on these things more. And, yeah, that hurts mm. people's feelings sometimes. Uh, but for the most part. Um, That's the boundary. It's a boundary that I have to have. What if it's family? What if it's not? That's trick here, right? Yeah. Uh, I ghost them. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, me, good. Next question. That's yeah, a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking for ghosting, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that like in my family, um, my father was a, a super abusive person. Yes. Um, and so th- I put boundaries on him. Um, and sometimes those boundaries are very, very difficult for somebody who's dysfunctional to understand. Yeah. But understand that, that they're, they're not understanding it because they are dysfunctional. Not because your boundaries are bad or you're being a meanie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the part I don't like because, yeah. I mean, the fact that they are unhealthy means they're not going to receive it well. And That's sometimes right. the tighter, I find that the tighter I draw the boundary, almost the worst it gets at times yeah. because they're trying to elicit a reaction to break through that boundary sure. or something. Sure. But then in my mind, I do go like, oh, it feels almost like this is not loving the way Jesus would because in your mind you go, you know, Jesus would be gracious. He would give them more cho- chances. He would forgive them. Um it's but that's the thinking feeling. It's interesting that Jesus, for people who are outsiders, mm-hmm. he was super patient and super non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. But then when he turned it back around and looked at family, it was much harder. Mm. 
In fact, Jesus' harshest words were to those who were religious. Uh, religious. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so if your family's just hyper-religious like that, um, or even if they're not religious, but they're just unhealthy, mm-hmm. you have to set healthy boundaries. Because <clears throat> remember, what we're trying to accomplish is we're trying to build a family that is healthy. And so yeah. you can't have people on the inner circle around that family mm, feeding into the patterns yeah. and the examples to your children that are that are opposite. The other thing mm. I do a lot with, I did a lot with my kids was debrief. Mm-hmm. Debriefing is something that that uh, that started actually with cults. Um, like you would debrief somebody out of a cult because oh, wow. you'd have yeah. to like deprogram yeah. them. You know, they've yeah. been programmed to kind of think and feel and uh, um, have certain kind of experiences and you'd have to come back to them and say, hey, listen, these things that you feel and the mm. way that you react to them, this is not normal. This is not how normal people act or react in these situations. And so after a family gathering, if my father or mother did something weird, I would come mm. back and say, hey, do you remember when that's grandpa good. did that thing? That's not what we do as Christians. And yeah. that's not what we do as our family because we think it's not nice and it's not good. Mm. And then their kids, our kids would go, oh yeah, okay. You yeah. Know? But they're listening so much more, even at a young age, mm-hmm. they're listening so much more than you think they are. Because mm-hmm. one, one of my boys right now is, he's uh, 20 years old, and I hear him parroting back to me all the kind of things that I did, I taught him when he was eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mike. I wanna give you some really fun rapid fire questions before you go, okay, are you ready? <laughs> Here we go. All right, you're ready. Favorite Orlando restaurant? Favorite Orlando restaurant. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. Hamilton's Kitchen. Okay, never been. It's a, it's a, it's a restaurant at the Alphon Inn. Okay, uh, funniest thing you saw this week? Funniest thing I saw Meme. this week. Oh, it was something. these guys that are filming this thing right now <laughs> that are doing all the behind the scenes of the room oh. right now <laughs> made, uh, one of them put my voice to AI uh-huh. and had artificial intelligence have me singing Eminem songs. <laughs> And Taylor Swift songs. For one and second, was, I really thought it was you. I was like, man, I Mike know. is terrible. I He's know, she cannot sing at all, which actually the He's AI true. was better than me, probably, <laughs> in real life. So so that was horrifying. But uh, that These circulated guys, around you our entire staff. be on staff. their good side. Just to, <laughs> oh, no, they have so much on me now that they could destroy me at any minute. <gasps> oh, man, okay. 100%. Ready, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Barbie all day long. Are you kidding? (laughs) No, I just said that because I know you hated that movie. (laughs) Oppenheimer for me. Really? Yeah, Oppenheimer for me. Only why? Because it's a real movie. I mean, it's it's just about a serious kind of thing. I really would have thought you might pick Barbie. Lighthearted, fun. No, no, no. no. Oppenheimer. I've 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 read about his. uh, I I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay, but I've read about his regret after having made that bomb and Mm. all of the implications after it was dropped on Japan. Do you know that I'm actually uh, related to the pilot that dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima? Wait, what? Yes, I know. It seemed like I'm on the Japanese side, but yeah, actually, sure. <laughs> truly, my okay. dad, on my dad's side, who's okay. American, uh-huh. there's a long line of um, Air Force pilots. My dad flies, but he was colorblind, so he couldn't be in the Air Force. But okay. my granddad is in the Air Force, and his dad, all the way up, and wow. it, it, the guy's name is Paul Tibbet. And I remember being wow. a little girl, and my granddad told me about it that was that terrifying to you or well was i just that... remember being like granddad that's terrible like that's so sad and he kind of said you know he actually told me that he met paul Tibbet, and he said the first thing that they said when that bomb dropped was like an expletive because yeah, they were so they'd never seen anything like it and Can he was kind of like they were just following orders they they didn't 
realize the extent of Did what you know that, uh, it would be. There was uh, like a 1% chance mm-hmm. they thought that that would destroy the entire world. It's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. It is very sad. Favorite book of the Bible right now? Right now? Yeah. Does it shift? Or you could say, I mean, I don't know. Does I, I, it? <laughs> I always like the Psalms because I, of all the feelings. <laughs> I, I feel with David. Now this, really will, this will make sense because yeah. you like you like the Psalms for the feelings. Yes. I like Romans for the thinking. Oh, I love that Romans. That does make sense. Romans gives me a ton of theology that I can hang my hat on, mm. that I can, I can uh, make sense of my life with. Um, but I will say the thing that I do love that are like Psalms, I love poetry actually. So for me, English romantic poetry is fantastic. Wordsworth, Keats. Yeah. That is a surprising thing that I I think a lot of people wouldn't Everybody is always surprised by that, but I have a whole other side of me that's very artsy and very, uh. But still no to Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) One day. One day. I'll watch. I also don't want to be seen going in. Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) Certainly not in a pink shirt. uh, (laughs) It is not pink for everybody that is on, uh, watching this right now. It is red. They they turn it pink. With your flower bracelet. And it's a dishonor to me. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Good to be with you. Grace After Hours is a production of Grace Church in Orlando, Florida. Grace's mission is helping people take their next step toward Christ. Learn more at discovergrace.com. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with someone you know and subscribe so you never miss an episode.